Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we have a whole lot of action to get you guys caught up on for the Ducks. Uh, we're going to talk about the games this past week. Uh, the Ducks ended up winning two out of three. Uh, we'll also preview the games coming up. Uh, we've got news to talk about as well as far as uh, Getzloff and Thompson, some uh, practice news today that we'll get to. Uh, a little bit of Troy Terry news, uh, USA and the uh, World Junior Championship, so we'll cover that as well, uh, and some other little updates around the league as well. So with that... Uh, we'll get to the games this week, Eddie. Um, this was the week that the Ducks played uh, three games without Ryan Getzloff. Uh, you know, he had that lower body injury uh, towards the end of the game against Philadelphia. So the Ducks headed into the game against Detroit. Uh, they brought up Chris Wagner, and they played this game. And this was a good game for the Ducks. Uh, they played much better defensively um, as opposed to the, how they did against uh, Philadelphia, giving up those uh, 55 shots. But in this one, they limited Detroit's chances, and they won this game uh, 2 nothing. Eddie. Uh, Richie and Kase with the goals, and uh, Gibson with the shutout. Yeah, and again, they're getting goals from you know guys that, not the top guys, not Raquel, not Perry, not, not Kessler. So being able to win a game like that is key, and that line obviously led the way in this one. But again, a nice game again by Gibson, this time facing a lot less shots, you know, less or, or sorry, more than half. Then he faced against uh, Philadelphia. He only faced 23 in this one. Like you said, facing about 55 in the Philadelphia game. So a better defensive effort from them in this one. In a more even game, you know, they took advantage of the opportunities. Gibson had a strong game. Um, you know, the penalty kill was good. Power play, again, struggling in this one. Uh, but all in all, a good effort and, and a good start to, to, to this uh, little bit of a stand here. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, probably the only downfall really in this game was the power play. The Ducks had uh, four chances. They went zero for four. Uh, and actually this whole week they didn't score on their power play. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit with uh, you know Getzoff being out for these three games. Um, the Ducks also lost the, uh, the face-off battle. But you know they did play better this game, much better uh, defensively. Particularly they got out um, uh, you know the early goal by Richie in the first period. And they held on to that one nothing lead. Really, till the very, very end of the game, until Casse uh, made it two nothing. So that was good to see. Good to see the Ducks rebound too. You know that you know game against Philly was kind of worrisome with all the uh, opportunities. It just seemed like the defense didn't even show up for that game. So uh, this was a good win, especially you know a little bit of payback because Detroit did beat the Ducks, uh, you know, six to four in the first meeting, um, and that's it. You know, we won't be seeing Detroit uh, at least the rest of the season unless uh, something crazy happens in the playoffs, Eddie. But uh, a good way to rebound. Um, after a poor defensive, uh, you know, game against Philly. Yeah, and two different ways to win a game too. Obviously, the the game against Philadelphia, they had no business winning that game, other than the fact that John Gibson and Ryan Kessler led the way for them. And, and then, like I said, in this one, uh, they got goals from from Matt Ritchie and the Casse line, where for Matt grabbing two assists, uh, uh, one on each goal, and obviously Ritchie and Casse getting the the goals in the game. So it's nice to split it up the offenses. And we actually saw that a lot in in, in all the games. Uh, Throughout uh, this little bit of a three three game homestand that they had after the Philly game, you know they weren't getting goals from Perry. Obviously, we, we we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. But again, he's on another goal slump and he's not scoring. Uh, Raquel also not scoring lately as well. So 
you know, it's good to get goals from that line. And then, you know, obviously, again, in the Arizona game, getting goals from Cache again, from Wagner even, and from Cramarosa. So, you know, it's going to be key for these guys to contribute offensively during the season. And they played a big role in getting the Ducks wins uh, during this week. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the Ducks, they also beat uh, Arizona in the following game. The Finally, the first overtime three-on-three win for the Ducks. You know, the Ducks had lost seven of their previous three-on-three overtimes. And then, of course, they had gone to shootouts three times, which they had won two out of three. But they had never won one during the three-on-three. And like you said, all the, all the young guys coming through, uh, Camarosa, Wagner, and uh, Casse in the overtime with a, a, you know, a great individual effort. That was a pretty crazy play. You, you saw Mike Smith uh, get the puck after two of Fowler's uh, shot attempts. He was trying to pass it, couldn't pass it to anybody. Casse knocks it back into Smith, uh, picks up the puck again, and then shoots it in for the game winner, um, which was you know a relief because that monkey's off the Ducks' back. I mean, their overtime record is still you know not great, but um, this was a good game. Uh, you know, even though Arizona not doing well, um, kind of mentioned this in the game preview. Uh, they usually come out and do play the Ducks tough. Um, you know, Declare was still out there doing his thing. He got a couple assists on both of the uh, the goals for the Coyotes. Uh, they were without Domi, so we didn't see a rematch of Domi Kessler in this one. Um, unfortunately, I kind of wanted to see you know that uh, you know going obviously back before he got injured, but now that he's out, we didn't even get a chance to see that. But overall, this was another good game. Uh, the Ducks did win the faceoff, Eddie, and they played better defensively, and they uh, pulled this one out in overtime. Yeah, and like you said, the Coyotes did play them tough in this game. Uh, I mean, Mike Smith was great, barring the mistake that he made <laughs> in overtime that gifted the, the the Ducks the overtime win. But he played great in this game uh, up until that point. You know, he stopped thirty or thirty three shots, and you know it was just a, a great game for him. But uh, in the end, the Ducks were able to finally finally get one, even though it was a gift. I think they they deserved the win in this game. You know, they outshot the, the Coyotes. They they got a little bit of puck luck with the Duclair shot that. Gibson tipped off the crossbar and Bexic cleared off the line, but you're gonna have to win games like that, especially at this time of the season. And you know, we always say that no game is easy, even though the, how bad the Coyotes have been this season. You know, they always play us tough. It's a Pacific Division matchup. It's always gonna be a tough game, and to go and get that extra point in overtime for the first time this season is a big point for them. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, we talked about that before on the other show, you know, going into overtime seven times and not winning. And then, of course, it's even bigger when you're playing, you know, Pacific Division teams. I mean, Arizona, obviously, you know, not doing so well. It's not as bad. But still, you want to get those two points against the Pacific Division teams if you're forced to go to overtime. You know, you want to win it in regulation. But if that's not able to, to be the case, then at least get that extra point, uh, you know, and gain that one uh, point in the standings, which the Ducks were able to do. Um, again, uh, you know, they went without Getzloff in this game. They uh, won this one, but again, they were zero for three, uh, you know, on the power play, so they didn't score there. And uh, then they ended up going into the matchup against Minnesota uh, to finish off this last week here. Uh, you know, we saw Boost Brujo come back to Anaheim, and uh, this game started out good. Uh, the Ducks played a decent first period. Uh, Kessler scored his 16th, which uh, he and Raquel are tied for, you know, first on the team with 16. Uh, then in the second period, the Ducks kind of had some lapses there in the first uh, five, six minutes, got two goals scored on them. They actually had a third one, but it was pretty obvious that that was kicked in. Uh, but the Ducks just kind of had a bad break there in the second period, Eddie, and they made a big push in the third, but they couldn't get it done. They ended up losing this one uh, two to one. 
Yeah, and, and you know they did. Of course, they ended up losing this game, but I think it was key that they played a tight game. It showed that they could, you know, they could keep up with a team like Minnesota, a team that doesn't allow a lot of shots, doesn't allow a lot of goals. That's for sure, either. And you know, they're playing Dubnik, who's been like the, the league's best goaltender this season, if you can believe that or not. And, and I think it was a, a tough game. They got into some penalty trouble in the second period, which hurt them. Dumba scored on, on the two, the two man advantage, and Spurgeon scored two minutes later, although not on the power play, but just after it. Um, and then you know when you go down two one to to the Minnesota Wild, it's hard to come back. And then that's credit to to how well coached this team is this season. Not just Bruger, but the whole uh, bench staff that they have behind there with Scott Stevens and the other guys that they hired in the offseason. They've done a really good job making this uh, team a Stanley Cup contender this season. And then you've also got probably the best offseason acquisition in Eric Stahl uh, on their team who's revitalized his career in Minnesota. I mean, he, he only had an assist in that game, but he had eight shots and he played some significant power play and, and penalty kill time for them. So I, I think it was a good close game um the ducks could have benefited from generating a couple more shots in this game they only ended up getting 24 and they're out shot 36 to 24 but you know it's tough like i said this is one of the best defensive teams in the league um you know they, they just hurt themselves with those penalties in the second period and they couldn't recover yeah i agree you know in, in, in the game preview we talked about uh minnesota and their defense i mean they give up 2.13 goals against a game. That's the second best in the league. I mean, only the Capitals are better. Uh, you look at the penalty kill, they're 85.8%, which is also in the top of the league. Um, you know, they're getting it done defensively 5-on-5. Five five. They're getting it done on the penalty kill. Um, and it's just tough. And like you said, uh, you know, with Dubnik in there as well, he doesn't even average two goals a game. He averages, you know, less than two. So this is a team, like you said, if, if – if they're going to get two or three goals on you, it's going to be tough to win. Uh, they're a very good team. You know, the only thing I will say, Eddie, and <laughs> we all know this, is we'll have to wait and see how Minnesota does in the playoffs. Yeah, that's usually the case. And, and even before uh, Bruce was, was coaching the team, you always have to see how they do in the playoffs. They always seem to come in and, and struggle. And, I mean, it is a tough – it's probably one of the toughest divisions in, in, in hockey right now, the Central Division. You've got the Blackhawks. Uh, the National Predators who always play well. Dallas, who you know, other than this season, have been great the last few seasons. You got the the Blues as well. So it's a tough division. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, especially with Bruce now, you have to see how they do in the playoffs. Uh, uh, they get in a couple game sevens. We'll have to see how he'll handle it. But <laughs> I think I think they are a legit team this season. Uh, you don't win twelve games in a row if you're you're not a good team. You know, the 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 team they lost their streak to was the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets who won their 16th game in a row to beat the the Wild. So, you know, it, it, they're a good team. Um, I, I'm glad that we were able to play them tight. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, we didn't even get a point out of the game, but it shows that we can, we can compete. We just need a, a couple of tweaks here and there, and hopefully we can get to that same level. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, an interesting thing in this week um, – you know, a lot of people talk about this now because, you know, the Ducks didn't have Getzloff for the last three games. Uh, they haven't had him for six games this season. And it's interesting because some fans are like, oh, you know, we don't need Getzloff. We're better without him, you know. And then I also hear that about Perry, too. So <laughs> this is a kind of interesting topic. But what do you think about this whole thing? Uh, you know, Getzloff's been out. The Ducks have been four and two and zero uh, without Getzloff. Um, so, you know, they've they've won, you know, two-thirds of the games without him. Uh, the power play has been, been terrible. You know, they've only gone five for 21 
um, and the power play. And, and these, this week they were 0 for 10 without Getzloff. So what are your thoughts as far as uh, the Ducks you know, playing without their captain? Um, I think they're an easier team to match up against. I think we saw that with the you know the dip in in faceoff wins. You know you got a lot more relying on Kessler and Fermat to win faceoffs. We saw a couple games. You know the game against Detroit where you'd expect to win the faceoff battle. They they ended up losing. They I believe they lost uh, the faceoff battle against Minnesota, and I also believe they lost it against Philadelphia as well. So when you don't have Getzloff in the lineup. You know, you lose that ability to match up uh, against tougher opponents. I mean, people have to match up to stop Getzlaff, and then you've also got to match up against Kessler. When you lose that, you know, teams can fo- focus on shutting down Kessler, and then you, your offense is limited from there. And I think that's why we saw a lot of goals come from the v- Richie, Vermet and Cassé line, and Kramarosa chipping in a couple goals. And I think that's why we saw goals come from different sources, because teams only had to focus on, on shutting down Ryan Kessler. Um, you know, Raquel and, and Perry struggled in, in the, these last four games. Raquel is pointless in, in, in the last four games, and, and Perry hasn't scored a goal in his last 12. So when they can focus on shutting down the Ducks' hottest player, you know, that's a loss when you don't have Getzloff in the lineup. And I think, you know, people underestimate the impact he has uh, on this team. And, yet, you know, yes, he's not going to score a ton of goals, but it changes how teams have to match up. When you look at his name on the lineup, he's the guy you're going to focus on. Him and Corey Perry are the two players you're going to focus on shutting down. And that usually gives a lot more freedom to guys like Ryan Ketzler and, and Jakob Silverberg and, and Antoine Vermette and, and the other lines on the team. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, with Getzloff out, you know, it, it's like you said, they don't have to worry about matching up as much. Of course, you've got the Kessler line, which we all know has been the best line for the, the Ducks this season and really in the last couple seasons. I mean, they've just been, uh, you know, magnificent regular season and uh, for the most part in the playoffs, too, as well. So I, I think that is a problem. Uh, I do think the power play is a huge problem. Uh, you know, today's uh, practice report, the Ducks did work on the power play today. That was, a you know, a big uh, issue, obviously, going uh, zero for ten. They uh, skated uh, with different lines going, you know, because Getzloff was out. So they're trying to, you know, practice and 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 see if they can get, you know, some kind of momentum going um, without him on there. And um, you know, he's there to get assists. He's there to make plays. I, you know, I think the Ducks are not necessarily better, uh, you know, without uh, Getzloff. Now, if you shift gears and you go to Perry, that you know. Man, this season, he's had a rough season. He's only got seven goals. He's on pace to average about 14, uh, which, you know, we looked at the stats. I mean, that's you're going back to the beginning of his career when he was only getting, you know, in the teens as far as goals. So he's the one that struggled. He hasn't scored in the last 12 games. He's, you know, got four assists. Uh, he, you know, had a little unlucky break on that uh, one Camarosa goal where he, sh- he shot it, but it went off Camarosa's uh, calf or, you know, uh, leg or whatnot went in. But, um I really think, uh, you know, when people talk about Getzloff and the, and the Ducks not needing him, I, I don't really think that's uh, true. I, I really think it's really more on Perry's side. I, I think Getzloff provides playmaking ability. He, you know, gets a lot of assists. Uh, yeah, he doesn't shoot the puck as much as he should, but um, he's limited the turnovers. We haven't seen as many of the crazy drop passes as we saw last year. Um, so I, I think the Ducks do still need him. You know, yeah, they've been 4-2 and two, uh, when he's been out. But um, he's still the captain. He's still someone to match up against, like you said, um, you know, especially in the face-off circle as well, the power play. I think those are all the big things. Uh, but, you know, Perry, I, you know, I don't know about Perry, Eddie. Um, 
he's the one that to me out of all the everybody on this team that i'm really you know getting concerned about now yeah and and we've seen him do this before where he's gone on slumps and and then he's got back into it and and scored a couple goals and and then he's been fine for the rest of the season but i don't think i remember a time where i've seen him do it twice in one season where he had that big slump early then he scored i believe it was like three or four goals in one week Uh, and then again now he's on a 12 game scoring slump and it's something we haven't seen him, you know, have to encounter before. And, and you know, he's still shooting the puck. He's he's leading the Ducks in, in shots, one above Jakob Silverberg. But, you know, he's still sitting on seven goals. I mean, Fowler has more. Cogliano has more. Vermette has the same amount of, as him. Richie has more. And, I mean, Getzlaff's only two behind him, and he's played, you know, six last games. It, it It's not a good look right now. I mean, he still has have 30 points, which is great. He's uh, turned more into a playmaker this season, but it's not exactly what we need from him, and I think that's what's been disappointing, especially with the fact that Raquel's been slumping lately as well. Uh, he only has two points in his last 10 games, and two of those are goals. And, you know, when he's not playing well, Getzlaff is in the lineup, you need your second-best player, or who should be your second-best player, to step up and start scoring goals. And, and unfortunately for Perry, he hasn't been able to do that this season. So I mean, it's going to be key to their success if he can if he can play well for the for the you know from here on out and then into the playoffs. He's going to need to find a way to put goals into the back of the net. Yeah, the, I mean that's all it's, it comes down to. Like you said, he's going to need to find goals in the back of the net. You know, and um, the other issue is going to be uh, you know Getzloff did skate today before practice, and so did uh, Nate Thompson. Uh, Thompson still at least you know we think a month or so away. Uh, he's not quite all the way back yet. Um, but with the the Ducks and Getzloff, you know, in the first uh, three games without him, they had played uh, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. They were, you know, five for nine on the power play, which wasn't too bad. But then these last, you know, week they went zero for ten. So you know, overall five for nineteen. So I mean, it's not, it's not that great on the power play. So it's going to be interesting to see if Getzloff will be uh, ready to go tomorrow against Dallas. Um, you know, a little bit later in the show, we'll talk about the games coming up this week. Um, but, you know, we'll get to uh, some of the fan questions now uh, before we get to all the other news and everything else and um, talk about some of the bright spots, you know, some of the good things that have been going on with the Ducks. I mean, obviously, they're in first place still. Um, as of the broadcast, they're tied in terms of points with the Sharks. Um, but some of the players that have done well, uh, you know, one of them that uh, Eddie Richard asked about is Kase and how impressed are we by him? Uh, you know, did we expect this? And uh, has he earned a permanent spot in the lineup? And, I mean, yeah, you have to be impressed with him, Eddie. I mean, he's got four goals, six assists, you know, a total of 10 points in 26 games. Uh, you know, he obviously scored a couple this week, a big one, obviously, to get the Ducks the first overtime. Um, I know we were both impressed with him, you know, talking about him before coming up, but I, I definitely think he's impressed more than at least my expectations. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, he is still playing limited minutes as well. I mean, he's playing, you know, at most – a 10, 11, 12, 13 minutes per night. Uh, I mean, his max in his last 10 games has been 13 minutes, just under 14, and, and that was an anomaly from against the San Jose Sharks where he did score a goal and, and played pretty well in that game. So, you know, in his last three, he's played a, just at about 11 minutes, 19 shifts, um, and, he, and he's looked great. Uh, I mean, 10 points in 26 games for, for a guy we didn't even expect to be uh, on the roster this season at all. It, it's It's a great start for him. And um, I think he, he deserves to stay in the roster for now. I, I mean, it, it adds another threat. He, he's creative. Um, you know, he shoots the puck a lot. He, he plays well on his own end. So I, I think he deserves to be on the Ducks right now. And, and, and you know, him, Vermette, and Richie have 
uh, develop some chemistry on the, I guess, the Ducks' quote-unquote third line right now. So um, I, I think he deserves to say him and Cramarosa have been impressive this season. They've really added to the Ducks' depth, especially in in the last three games that they've played without Getzlaff. You know, uh, Cache has uh, a go- two goals and an assist in those last three games. And Cramarosa has a goal and a couple of points as well. So I think it's been it's been big for the Ducks that these two have been able to step up, especially Cache, because he really did come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He came out of nowhere. Uh, like you mentioned, Camarosa's been doing well. Uh, another guy that's been doing well, hasn't been getting a lot of points, but it's been, well, no, none actually, but uh, has been playing well as uh, Montour. You know, he's played in the last uh, five games. Obviously, Stoner's uh, been out. Dupre's been out. Theodore went back down, um, and you know I've been really watching him a lot uh, on tour. That is, and uh, he's been shooting the puck, uh, and he's been doing a lot on defense. If you notice, he's really feisty around the net, and that's one thing I do like. Eddie, even though he hasn't gotten points, is you'll see when the opposing players try to come in there and either jar the puck loose or maybe try to make another opportunity. He's usually right there whacking the you know the opposing forward sticks away and whatnot. So. I, I like what he's doing too. Uh, he's kind of added a little bit uh, of, of an element of you know feistiness and good defense as well for the Ducks. Well, the, the thing I've been impressed with too is is how well he's been defensively. I think that was the question uh, on his game and how he'd be able to transfer to to the NHL is if you know he could uh, play well defensively against professional players. But you know he's been great in that aspect, and it's actually been the offense that's been missing. But it, it's not too worrying, worrying because we know. He has the skill and the ability to score points in the NHL. I mean, he's gifted with that ability. We've seen it in the in the AHL. We've seen it, uh, you know, this season, last season. We saw it, and when he played in the NCAA as well. So the offense will come when he gets more comfortable playing in the league. I'm just surprised how well defensively he's been, and I think that's the reason. You know, he stuck around for the last five games. Um, he seems to be getting more comfortable game by game. He's shooting the puck more. Uh, he's got two shots in each of the last three games. And I think it's a matter of time before the offense comes. He's just got to feel comfortable and, and established. And, you know, I'm ecstatic that the, the defense and the presence of mind is already there for, for a guy this young and for a guy just playing his first five games in the National Hockey League. I think it's great for the Ducks that he's taken a, a huge step forward defensively. You know, and, and one other little note about Montour as well is, you know, he got named to the All-Star game for the AHL, too, as well, Eddie. And, you know, he's obviously been tearing it up down there, um, leading the league in, uh, you know, shots on goal uh, when he joined the Ducks. Um, you know, he's, he's he's been playing well. He's been getting goals and assists down there. So he's definitely been a bright spot for the Ducks, uh, you, know, at, uh, you know, and for the goals as well. Um, but, you know, you look at this team – and it's interesting. You see these younger guys coming up, like we talked about: Casse, Camarosa, Montour. You know, uh, Richie starting to pile it on with some goals now. Um, and it's interesting. And, and it kind of leads us to these other fan questions. We have a lot of fan questions about Carlisle and the Ducks, and what do we think about his coaching and the season so far? And you know, I think so far, if we look at it in terms of just the standings, I mean, you have to be happy. The Ducks are in first place. You know, they're tied with uh, San Jose. Obviously, they've had some up and down games, and we've gone over that. Um, they've gotten a little bit better defensively in this last, uh, you know, three games or whatnot. Um, but I, I think one point that was brought up, was, especially when Carlisle was in Toronto, was his issue about mixing in with the young players. And I think that's not a total non-issue uh, with the Ducks, Eddie. I mean, it seems like the Ducks are relying on these players and the goals, and they're mixing in the lineup well, and I think Carlisle's really doing a good job in that term 
with the Ducks. Yeah, I, th- I think he's done as good a job as he can with what he's given. And, and this isn't the team that we had last year. You know, there's no David Perron. There's no Jamie McGinn. You know, the, there's no Chris Stewart. There's not as much NHL depth on this team. And the fact that Kramarosa and Cache have been able to come up and play well, Richie's taken a step forward, and he's on pace for about 15 to 20 goals this season. That's a, a big step forward for those guys, and, and some guys we didn't even expect to make the roster. So they're kind of making do with, with what they can right now. And and obviously with Perry slumping, that's not on, on the coaching per se. So, I, I mean... I think he's done an okay job. I mean, the fact that they're hanging around there near the top of the Pacific Division right now, they're, they're uh, like you said, tied for first. They, although San Jose has two games in hand, one point up on the Oilers who are right behind them. And I think it, it's good so far. Defensively, they haven't been as good as they were last year. But, you know, of course, it's it's not Freddie and Gibson anymore. It's just Gibson and then Bernier. So there's a big dip off there in the talent that you, you have available for you between the pipes. And then, you know, the defense is the same as last year. That's the one thing that hasn't changed. And, and I think that's probably been the most disappointing thing. And, you know, I guess you can blame that on coaching. Obviously, like I said, the the goaltending isn't there, the depth that we had last year. But I think they've done a good job. Uh, it's It's been a more difficult season, and especially to deal with, with the personnel they have at, available at their hands compared to last season. So, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't give them an A+. Plus, uh, but I think, you know, a B I I think they've been they've done pretty well with what what they have available. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the the biggest concern is really going to be the defense. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, it hasn't changed too much. I mean, obviously Montour is up now uh, for the past you know two weeks, and uh, Theodore is up a little while ago, and then he went back down. So the Ducks have been pulling up and down that way as well. Um, but the concern I see too is is how are they going to play defensively against? some of the stronger teams and we've seen that you know like pittsburgh getting blown out by you know and and uh, even detroit not, this last game was better but the first game they gave six goals so you know certain things like that and it seems like it's certain lapses i mean we kind of saw that too in the minnesota game the ducks actually played a really good game against uh you know minnesota and they just had that five six minutes where they you know they gave up you know technically three goals but you know one was kicked in but you know they um kind of fell apart in little spurts there so I think for the Ducks going forward uh, in this, you know, uh, second half here, um, I think the biggest thing we've talked about it before is Getzloff and Perry being separate, um, which has worked out until obviously, of course, Getzloff uh, got injured, and then the defense. And um, you know, this like this week, uh, they've got some opponents coming up, and again, um, they're very winnable games, Eddie. I mean, they're playing Dallas, Colorado, and Arizona, and then uh, St. Louis on you know the end of the week on that Sunday. But these next three opponents here, I mean, these are these are teams that aren't doing so well. I mean, obviously, we just played Arizona, and, and you know, pulled it out in overtime. Uh, but you know, we talked about Dallas before on the show. You know, they're not doing as well this season as we thought they would. And uh, if another team's really struggling, it's Colorado. And, of course, all the trade rumors, which we can talk a little bit about that, too. But, uh, I, you know, this week, I, I really think the Ducks should be able to pull out these three games. And I think not only should they win, but if they're going to get these things going on defense, they really got to shut these three teams down, Eddie. And I'd like to see them, you know, try and only give it one or two goals, which that's what they did, um, you know, in these last few games. And it's been good. Um, but I hope that they can kind of get it building here in, in this week because, you know, later on in the season, we're going to have some tougher games. Yeah, and, and, you know, Dallas is probably the toughest opponent out of the, these three this week. But like you said, they're all winnable games. I mean, these are the three worst teams right now in the uh, Western Conference. They're, you know, ranked thir- 12th, 13th, and 14th. 
Um, Dallas, like I said, is the toughest one, but I think it's a big advantage for the Ducks right now that they're not playing Dallas at home. They're playing their last game of this short little homestand where Dallas has been awful on the road this season. The only bright spot for the Stars has been their home record where they're 11-6-4. and four. Um, but you know, this is going to be a, a high flying game. It's going to be a wide open game. It always is when you play the stars, they give you a lot of opportunities. And, um, I think it's a, a game that the ducks should win and, and hopefully gets will be back for this game. I think that will be big for them. Cause you're going to have to match up against Tyler Sagan and, and Jamie Ben and Jason Spezza. So it'll be key to have, you know, their captain and, and their number one center available for this game. But I, I think it's a winnable game. It will be the toughest one. Cause you, like I said, you still do have to deal with Jason Spezza, Jamie Ben and Tyler. Tyler Sagan, but you know the defense for the Stars is a little bit suspect. Their goaltending has always been uh, a shaky spot for them, so that should be a winnable game. And then, of course, you've got you know the two worst teams in the National Hockey League right now. And you know, like we you say, it's a cliche you hear it all the time, but you know, no game is is an easy game. But these should be games that the Ducks should be winning. I mean. Just looking at the goal differential for these two teams, and Arizona's minus 42 and Colorado's minus 51. I mean, these are games you should be winning. And even though you're playing them in their home arena, and you know, Arizona's 7, 10, and 2 at home, and, and Colorado's 5, 13, and 1 at home. So, I mean, these are two games you should win. Uh, there's no real weakness that you can point out for either of these teams. They're, they can't score goals. Their defense isn't that great, and the goaltending hasn't been that great for them at all this season either. So... Uh, I mean, this is as easy as a three-game homestand you can get during the regular season, and, and I think they have to take advantage here and, and at least get points in each of these three games. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you got Arizona, who's another division opponent, like we talked about before. They're towards the bottom, uh, but you want to win that. you got uh, Dallas and Colorado in the other division, and there are games that, you know, I'd like to see, you know, six points out of these. So um, the only real question is going to be whether or not, you know, Getzloff comes and plays. Um, they're thinking he's going to practice before uh, the Dallas game with the team, we hope, and we'll see how he goes from there. He's just been skating on his own, and, and you know he barely even skated at all last week. Um, so that's going to be another factor in there as well. But um, some other stuff that happened too. You know, We talked about the Ducks and the youth, and we talked about Kase, talked about Cam Rosa, Montour, and all this other stuff. But if we dig even a little bit uh, deeper to Eddie, you know, in this last week or so, we had the uh, World Juniors. And uh, how about my man, Troy Terry, huh? USA, going all the way winning. Uh, you know, we, we probably should have bet on this game because I would have thought Canada would have won, you know. Um, but uh, it, what a week. You, you saw uh, Troy Terry kind of doing his TJ O'Shea uh, impersonation against Russia. You know, he gets those three shootout goals in a row. They win that game. They go against Canada. It looked like Canada was going to win at two different points in this game. They're up uh, two separate times by two goals. But uh, they went to the shootout, and who's the only guy that scores? Troy Terry. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see how this guy's done, Eddie. Um, you know, we're talking about Ducks prospects and players coming up, and this is one that we're going to have to keep our eye on for sure. Yeah, I mean, originally a fifth-round pick for the Ducks, and, and I mean, it was a surprise that he actually made the roster to begin with. And, and you know, he finished the tournament with four goals and three assists. Obviously, the the two game-winning shootout goals he has actually for the World Juniors. I think for I uh, IWHF, they actually count as goals. So those two of those four goals were the the two shootout game-winning goals. But still, I mean, he came up clutch in, in two games where it matters. And you don't see that happen often. I mean, went four for four. And it's not like he 
changed anything up on any of them. I mean, he went five hole on all four of them, I and mean, he broadcasted <laughs> where he was going to go, and he still did it. I mean, it was great to see, you know, probably the the least expected Ducks prospect that we'd expect to do well at this tournament did. I mean, did the best. I mean, we, you know, Jakob Larson for Sweden, we expected him to do well, and he did okay for Sweden. I, I mean, Finland was awful as a whole, and and Julius Nottin didn't have a a great tournament for them, but. Just a, a great surprise, and, and really, I mean, hopefully he can come out and play well for, for the Ducks eventually. I mean, you rarely do see fifth-round picks come out and, and, you know, be an impact on a team, but he had a great tournament for, for probably, you know, you can't really say probably anymore. The the, the best team in the tournament, they won every single game uh, the U.S. did, so and, and he played a key role for them. And then he goes out and, and gets five points in his first game back for, for the University of Denver, two goals and three assists, so... He's had an outstanding last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's been on fire, uh, you know, so much that even Austin Matthews got in on this, and then he got some hot water from the Toronto fans <laughs> on Twitter, uh, you know, after uh, he's t- a couple times tweeted out about different things, uh, you know, in relation to USA and, and Troy Terry. And the last one was funny. You know, he posted three USA uh, emoji flags, and then all the Toronto fans got upset, which I thought was uh, kind of funny, Eddie, because that's your, you know, your your home turf, so to speak. But uh, it's just kind of interesting to see everybody's getting in on the action on this, and uh, you know, it's just good if you watch hockey and you watch the NHL, and that's it. I highly encourage you watch other forms of hockey. Watch the AHL. Uh, you know, watch the World Juniors, watch some of the other international stuff that goes on. It's a great time. Um, it, it's just it's just fun all the way around. And spe- especially, you know, if you're mainly a Ducks fan, you're looking at the prospects of the Ducks, of course. But if you look at these other players that have come up, you know, the Eichels and the Austin Matthews and those kind of things, it's always, it's just fun, I think, to see those players and, you know, get a glimpse of them before they get to either the AHL and then the NHL, Eddie, to see them at these tournaments. It's always, it's just fun. It's good. You know, if you really like the sport of hockey, it's something that you should watch. Yeah. If you're only going to pick one international tournament to watch during the year, I mean, this has to be it. It's always, it's always a fun tournament. There's always a lot of surprises. Um, like you said, you get to see a lot, the best young players come up and play every season. You've, you know, McDavid's been in this tournament over the last few seasons. Uh, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, you know, they all play in this tournament at one point in their in their career. So it, it's a great tournament to watch, and it's probably one of the most exciting of the year. And we saw it this year. I mean, there's a lot of surprises. The the U.S. winning, I guess, isn't a surprise, but the fact on, on how they won it and everything was exciting for them. Uh, Denmark played outstanding in this tournament. Switzerland was good, and they they uh, played a tough tournament as well. So it's always a great tournament to watch, and, and yeah, it, it's uh, one that you don't want to miss. Yeah, and then you know, obviously have to wait till next year uh, for this one. But if you uh, uh, caught it and you saw it, it was you know exciting. I was watching um, the USA Canada game, sitting here going, "Oh, they're not going to win this game," and and you know it was it was really exciting, especially the uh, the overtime and the shootout. So something to catch. Um, some other news that happened too, uh, you know, around the league as as well, uh, is the uh, a that the uh, All Star captains were picked, Eddie. And I don't know if you thought there was any surprises or not, but the uh, captains uh, are Crosby, McDavid, Price, and Subban. Did you think uh, those would be the ones? Uh, any surprises? Uh, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's necessarily surprising. Maybe Subban out of the Central Division beating out the likes of Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves. And, and Vladimir Tarasenko, maybe that's the most surprising, but it, it is a popularity contest. You know, it, they all voted for, so I'm not surprised Crosby won it in the Metro, and 
I'm not surprised Carey Price or, or one of the Montreal Canadiens, you know, maybe the fact that he might have beat out Austin Matthews or, or Leafs fans in voting for one of their players. But, uh, I mean, he is one of the, the, the most popular players in the league, and he's the best goaltender in the league, so that's no surprise there. And then, obviously, Connor McDavid in the Pacific Division. I mean, everybody, everybody likes Connor McDavid, so it's not a surprise that he was voted in, and he's one of the league's uh, best players of this season as well. But, yeah, I guess the only surprising one is P.K. Subban. He is a popular player, so it's not a huge surprise. But when you get voted in over, I mean, usually you see one Blackhawk being a captain every season of the Central Division, so it is a little bit surprising, but also, I guess, kind of refreshing because it's, it's nice not seeing Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves uh, captain the All-Star team this season. <laughs> well, you know, and, and both of them, they had a little bit of fun, too. Uh, there's a photo out there of uh, Kane and Taves, and obviously Kane, uh, Team USA, and uh, Taves, Team Canada, and you, you have them both wearing the USA jerseys, so they must have had a little bit of a wager there. Maybe something you and I can do next season. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see if, uh, if a certain team wins or whatnot. One of us will wear the other, the other team's um, you know, country jersey or whatnot. But, yeah, uh, good fun. Uh, and you know the All Star Game should be a blast. You know it's going to be uh, here uh, in Los Angeles in the Staples Center. So that's coming up towards the uh, the end of the month. Um, also, for you know we talk about hockey on this show and, and watching other other uh, levels, not just the NHL. Um, you know they announced today that uh, Fox Channel Five in San Diego is going to be showing the goals games. So that's something to look forward to. I, I know a lot of people like to stream the games online and whatnot, but uh, if you're in the SoCal area, uh, San Diego region, they're going to have those games on, so look for that. So that's something good, Eddie, because I know a lot of people have asked about, you know, when is the game going to be on TV? And, you know, it's, it's pretty limited. So it's good that, uh, you know, you can see the goals on regular TV down here. Yeah, it's, it gives a better way for people to actually be able to watch the team other than, like you said, streaming it online or, or going to the game itself. So it's nice to be able to see them. For me, it's still an issue. I still won't be able to see them, but hopefully it gives me a little mm -hmm. bit of a, a... The fact that it's on TV means a lot more people will be streaming online, so maybe it'll be easier to see the games that way. But it, it's great for people in the SoCal and in San Diego area. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you get to, you know, a little bit overdue, but finally they got it done, so now you can, you know, watch more of the action um, as the, uh, the goals play the season. And, of course, it's been a little bit rough for them. You know, uh, with having all these players coming up, uh, you know, from the Ducks, it's been tough for them to try to, you know, get anything going because I mean, it just seems like the Ducks have been pulling up so many of these players, Eddie. Uh, and, and now this season, we talked about it, too. In the beginning, we thought that the, uh, um, the Ducks were going to have to pull from San Diego. And now it's becoming a permanent thing. And I do think that these players, uh, like one of our fan questions talked about, you know, Kase being with the team permanently and I, I think that's gonna kind of be the norm um unless some kind of big trade happens coming up uh, you know you and i talked about colorado was one big team to watch obviously they're not doing as well and some of the rumors out there but i don't know uh barring any kind of crazy trade in the next month i think the ducks are gonna have to rely on san diego for you know probably the rest of the season and um you know going forward <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, it gives them a little bit more flexibility, which we've mentioned before. The fact that now they're, they're not rushing or struggling to, to make a trade to improve the team offensively. They've actually been pretty good in their goal scoring this season. They're sitting at 113 goals, which is, you know, they're right around, I guess, par. Uh, you know, you look at the Blues have 114, Calgary's got 114, Winnipeg 116. 
Chicago and Minnesota and Edmonton are leading the Western Conference with 120, 120, 123. So the Ducks are sitting around the, the top end of the table in goals per game. So they're not really struggling this season, which has been obviously an, an, you know, an effect of having the goals players come up and have such a big impact. So it gives them flexibility and not having to struggle to make a trade. But yeah, if they end up do going for you know a Landis Cog or a Duchesne or a Tatar or somebody else that becomes available at the trade deadline, then we might see some of these goals players go down. But at least you have them there, and the depth is there, more depth than we actually expected we'd have at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, I, and that's the key. I mean, uh, especially with uh, as we talked about in the show with uh, Getzoff being out for the week and then uh, Perry not playing as well. So that's something that uh, to look forward to, especially this next week. We'll see, uh, you know, what happens um, if Getzoff's able to return or if he's going to be out for another extended period with that lower body injury. Um, and I guess the, we'll just wrap up the show. The only other uh, really thing that happened this last weekend is uh, you know it was Guy Bear's birthday, so we want to wish Guy a, a happy birthday. You remember he was the original duck, uh, the one taken first in the expansion draft by Anaheim, and uh, of course he works for Fox Sports now and uh, does a good job over there. So we'll end the show with that. Uh, we'll be back in a week, and let's go Ducks. Mm-hmm.